When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, and we are live on All Falcons and the Falcons podcast. And appreciate everybody being here this morning. We are live every Monday and Wednesday at 9 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, then we're also on the podcast on Apple Pods or Spotify or wherever you like to find your podcast at the Falcons podcast. So appreciate everybody joining in this morning. Uh, we'll let the uh, the chat open up just a little bit and go find our Facebook friends and our YouTube friends before we start saying hello to some folks. So I'll get started by saying some of the things I wanted to talk about today. Um, first off, I wanted to uh, address the uh, there's an ESPN article talking about the top question facing the Atlanta Falcons. This one is kind of Captain Obvious, so we won't spend too much time on that one. Then I want to get into uh, 53-man roster projections. And then finally, let's take a look. We'll do, run a real quick look, not too in-depth, at the schedule and maybe come up with a prediction. And maybe I'm feeling a little pessimistic today, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, well, let's just see. You know, the 7 and 10 seem completely out of line. Let's just see. Let's let's run through it again. Um, so looking forward to a, a good show today. Also, a little programming note. Training camp opens this week for the Falcons. Rookies have already reported. Uh, I will be going Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So we'll be doing some probably a little extra content. Make sure you're on allfalcons.com. And um, and then tomorrow night, actually, so I'm rolling back a little bit. I'm on the Out of Your Falcon Mind podcast uh, at 7.30, I believe, 7.30. Follow me on Twitter, at Scout Kennedy. Um, or do we call it the X now? I don't even know what we call it these days. Follow me on uh, on Twitter at uh, at Scout Kennedy for all of your programming. I already retweeted it on there, so we can uh, get an idea of of when we're going to be. But I will be guest guest on uh, Out of Your Falcon Mind podcast tomorrow night as we can talk some more Atlanta Falcons. 
I want to say some hello to some folks that came in bright and early, like Alan says, good morning, good morning, Alan. Jamal was in here early before we got started. He says, rise up. Good morning, everyone. Michael Rankio out in Tucson says, good morning, Scott, on the Falcons podcast. To you as well, Jacqueline. Good morning, Jacqueline. She says, good morning and rise up. Where's that rise up? <laughs> so appreciate you. Uh, Roderick Cook coming in. He says, afternoon all coming in from across the pond. Bloomin' Love Sport. Brian Harmon, great win. Turning your great city into Philadelphia. Great game. Falcons look good. Couldn't be happier. Well, I could, but not by much. Um, I think he's an Aston Villa fan. I haven't really, can't really follow all that, Roderick, on some of that. The, the, the trend, I'm lost in translation on some of those things. That said, I am going down to the Dome Wednesday to watch the Premier League series. I think it's, uh, I forget who Brighton takes on. Fulham maybe, and then uh, Newcastle and Chelsea are at the at the at the uh, the Georgia Dome at Mercedes Benz on Wednesday night, and I've paid more for those tickets than I did to actually go to Premier League games in England. Welcome to America! But I will be down there to watch uh, watch the Blues on Wednesday night. Harry's coming in. He says, "Ah, my favorite time of the week, at least till the games start." Hello, everyone. You know, one of my favorite times, Harry, when I was when I was growing up, was Monday mornings after the games. Because I loved all the coverage in the Atlanta Journal Constitution, uh, you know they'd have five or six writers there back when you know newspapers ruled the world, and there'd be just stories galore. I'd read every single word about the Falcons on Monday mornings. Philip Hogginson, instead, we're potting on Monday mornings, recapping the game, so that's still a pretty good time. And looking at the schedule, preseason schedule opens up on August 11th. Man, I'm going to blank twice, and it's going to be August 11th. My kids' birthdays are 8-6 and 8-13, so it's right in between there. And I feel like, oh, my God, it's coming up too fast. I'm not prepared. I don't know what to get them. That's how fast these games are coming. It's just a little over two weeks away till the first game. Uh, Brandon Swank comes in. He says, how do you feel about Madden 24 giving Bijan Robinson an 81 overall in the game, knowing how good he should be? Should he be higher or no? Uh, good question, Brandon. Madden is usually a little slow to move the rookies up. Um, I bet Sauce Gardner is probably an exception to that this year, being a second-year guy. But then they're a little slow to move them down. So once you've established yourself, it's a little like all pros and Pro Bowl voting. You, it's usually the, the It usually comes a year after you deserve it, and they don't want to have a guy go from a 75 to a 90. They don't typically do that. They might at running back, but they don't typically do that. And then... Um, then they let them hang on a little bit too long. You look at some of these 30-year-old cornerbacks that are still in the 80s. You're like, man, I wish I had that guy that they think we've got. Uh, it works like that on FIFA, too, talking about soccer. These guys get old, and uh, but they hold on to their rankings a little bit longer than the, than the young kids. So I, I think they're biased towards veterans. And you know that going in, so be it. Joe Cannon on Facebook's in the house today. He says, great morning, Scott. To you as well, Joe. And Jason Heller coming. He says, good morning, sir, Scott. Yes, you've been knighted. Well, thank you. I still struggle with the disrespect towards the team after an off-season of upgrades, no more Mariota, and a soft schedule. On paper, yeah, it does. That said, Jason, I'm going to run through these. These Because uh, remember, it's not just the Falcons that are improving. I'm going to run through the schedule at the end of the show. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I think 8-9 and nine is is on the table. I think it is. So we'll see. I think eight and nine is on the table. DJ Slay 92 says, good morning. The closer we get to the season, the more Falcons fans have begun to temper their expectations. 
kind of like I just said, <laughs> early excitement has turned to dread that maybe all the doubters are right. No, DJ Slay, I think it's just if you're a Falcons fan, you've been kicked in the nards enough time that it's really, really hard to get your, your hopes too high for any Atlanta Falcons team. Um, and that goes prior to the game that we won't talk about. This has been a tough franchise to be a fan of for a long, long time. We should, we got to make shirts. Hug a Falcons fan today. We, we should make shirts out of that. Um, and Harry's confident, though. He says this is going to be one of our best seasons. Um, Chris Walker's made it in. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Scott, and everyone else to you as well. And John Harold Jr. And uh, he says, good morning, guys. Good morning. All right. Um, let's get into this just a little bit. Uh, ESPN had a every the biggest question facing every team going into the 2023 season, and no surprise, I think we're not going to agree on a whole lot. You know, it's it's tough. You know, you can Nick and I will be when he's back. We can look at the same thing, and we can come up with two different conclusions. We can say this is the biggest weakness. No, this is the biggest weakness. But I think we're all fairly well in agreement here that the biggest question for this Atlanta Falcons team heading into the 2023 season is Desmond Ritter. How good is he going to be? Um, Michael Rothstein covers the Falcons for ESPN. And um, and he, he wrote something that I've been saying for a while, which says this likely won't be something truly answerable until the Falcons are well into the season. And that's right. He could get off to a rough start. He could get off to a hot start. The league will get a chance to catch up to you. If he gets off to, if he comes out of the gate with, you know, three touchdowns a game, has nine interceptions, the Falcons are three and oh, I mean, nine touchdowns, one interception, thrown for 850 yards, pump the brakes a little bit. The league will catch up to you. It's just like baseball. You get a rookie that comes out on fire. Typically, once the scouting reports get around, they cool off. So you don't really know until a good bit through the season how they're going. That said, I like what I saw last year. I like the improvement we saw week to week to week. Yes, he struggled in his first game out. Who doesn't? Uh, and he struggled against the Baltimore Ravens defense. Oh, wow. There's a there's a surprise. Rookie quarterback struggles against the Ravens. News at 11. Um, but this team should be better even if, as, as long as Desmond Ritter isn't just god-awful, which I don't think anybody thinks he will be, We've seen him play already. So even if he's a bottom third quarterback, he's not a bottom three quarterback, this team should be hovering around 500. If he ends up being a plus quarterback in this league, this team can win 12 games. Uh, I, I believe that. So I think I don't think it's a much of a, a, a doubt. The biggest question, the floor and the ceiling of this team really is around how good can Desmond Ritter be. But, you know, Michael on, on ESPN says a lot of the same things that we've been saying. Atlanta has given Ritter a lot of protection and a well-paid veteran offensive line. Not just well-paid and veteran offensive line, because the Colts had that last year, and their offensive line really struggled. Um, but they're good. It's a, it's a well-paid veteran, good offensive line. How good can it be? Let's see how the left guard position sh uh, shakes out. Matthew Bergeron was drafted to take over that spot. Can he win that spot uh, out of camp right away? Or is it going to be Hennessy? I don't feel quite as good about Hennessy as I did about Eli Wilkinson, how he played last year. So I don't want to see the Falcons go backwards on that spot in the offensive line, but I don't. I don't think they will. I, I don't. I really don't think they will. Um, but they've uh, they've lined the offense with elite skill position players at running back, wide receiver, and tight end. 
I think you've got enough wide receivers, enough receivers, even if they're not wide receivers, that that statement still holds true. Cordero Patterson can be a wide receiver. Kyle Pitts will line up in wide receiver spots. Bijan Robinsons will light up in wide receiver spots. Now, wide receiver, a slot receiver is still a wide receiver, right? You'll see all four of those guys I just mentioned, along with London as one of those four, lining up in the slot at times. You've got enough wide receivers, receivers and playmakers, to really make this uh, an elite, an elite offense. It was, I, I think, I think I was a little surprised last year, knowing how much the Falcons tried to. Sub- to control the ball that I looked up their scoring and and I was, I was a little surprised to see that they were the 15th ranked scoring offense last year. Didn't feel like that to me. And you know, there are just cause you're 15th ranked, you could be closer to 30 than to 10 based on the, the spreads. Um, but I don't think there's any reason to think that this can't be a top 10 offense last year, uh, next year. Just that's just an incremental improvement, and there's definitely been improvements made on the offense. The defense should be much improved over last year through osmosis, just through talent uh, being brought in. Another big reason for optimism. Bleacher Report did an article, and and we we talked a lot about it on AllFalcons.com. The Desmond Ritter is the biggest reason for optimism for this team. Maybe, maybe I, I think. One of the biggest reasons long-term for optimism for the Atlanta Falcons is, and we got a birthday coming up, so Drake may have turned 22 within the next day or so, but Kyle Pitts is still 22 years old. Drake London is within a day or two of being 22, but he was 21. Bijan Robinson is 21. Those are three, what should, two we know are good players, and one looks like a really good player. You want to talk about building blocks all 22 years or older? That, to me, is the biggest reason for optimism if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan. Um, I want to take just a half a break on my monologue here real quick, and I want to go through. Uh, want to go back through the chat and see what's on your mind today. Uh, let me see. Cortez Sherman coming. He says, good morning, Scott, and good morning, everyone. Good morning, Cortez. And Roderick says, after 50 years as a Falcons fan, we are as good a team as we've been with three exceptions. Don't worry. Be happy. Um, exceptions. Let's see. 1980, uh, 1998, 2016 and 17. Um, that actually, that, that 2000, what year is it? 2011, the team they were, that was, they were, they were 13 and three of the number one. That may have been the second, the best overall Falcons team was that 1998 team, hands down. Um, they were top five offense, top five defense. It's just, it's such a shame. They, didn't feel like playing the Super Bowl because that could have been an epic game. I'm not, I will never say that they should have beaten the Broncos, but it, we were robbed of what should have been a really spectacular Super Bowl by a team that wasn't prepared because they were just happy to be there. And that's a shame because that team was 14 and two and so good. And then the 13 and three team, that was uh, the one that they, they were really good, got blown out by the Packers, didn't force them to punt, gave up 48 points in that game. And Thomas Dimitrov's reaction was to trade five high draft picks for a wide receiver instead of, you know, bolstering the offensive line. Maybe you can run out of game a little bit more. Maybe you could get somebody on defense where you could think about stopping somebody. You know, when it mattered, that would have been nice. Um, That trade has been better to Dimitrov in hindsight because Julio Jones was really good. And two, 
the Cleveland Browns were a disaster of an organization who couldn't use those picks to draft anybody decent. You send those picks to Baltimore or Pittsburgh and you're building a Super Bowl team. Anyway, here we go. Harry says top five offense of uh, if Ritter pans out. Um, top five offense all time. I'm not going to say that this will be a top five offense for Falcons all time just because the the Matt Ryan in his prime years are going to be tough to beat. That 98 team was is going to be tough to beat. Um, the Falcons from you know 2010 to 2017 on offense were were really really good. Um, <laughs> Brennan comes in. He says, "I woke up with a tear down to my cheek after having the greatest dream I can remember. The Falcons went 13 and four in my dream. And then what happens? That's that's the next part." Uh, as a Falcons fan, most Falcons fans are a lot of them are probably Braves fans. We're used to 162, 162, and then first round outs in the playoffs. You know, that's when college football season started. Um, Harry says, if Desmond gives us 2008 or 2000 Matt Ryan, uh, we're good. And that, 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 that's a great point, Harry. One of the best, it, I think, I think would Matt Ryan go 12 and four as a rookie? And it was statistically one of his least productive years it was just play within yourself trust the team around you that was a good falcons team that was around him um and 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 i absolutely agree with that you just need him to to don't lose the games be a game manager make a play here and there and what's nice what's interesting about ritter is ritter can make a play with his legs that's not something that matt ryan was i'm not going to say ever going to do we watched him run for 55 yards for the colts last year but it, it wasn't really a part of his arsenal. Um, Ritter can make something out of nothing because he's a four five forty guy. That will be that will be fun to watch too. Uh, and Kevin, good morning, Kevin. Um, he says we've got a decent backup. Yes, for sure. Um, with Taylor Heineke, if Taylor Heineke was the starter, would this Falcons team been getting as much hate as with Desmond Ritter? You know, that, that's that's another one of those fallacies you know i see a lot of hypocrisy a lot of um in the writing you know oh gardner Minshew, they did a good job of getting some help for for anthony richardson because they got gardner Minshew. taylor heineke is a better quarterback than gardner Minshew. um you know just because he's not starting shouldn't that tell you more about desmond ritter i don't know when did they ever start using uh ever start using logic kevin Mapp says what's up skinnity see kevin you have to redneck it up a little bit. Um, all of my social media handles and email addresses are actually skinnity because that's what my redneck buddies down at Auburn all called me. They all slurred my name together and called me, hey, skinnity. So S-K-I-N-N-E-D-Y is a lot easier to come by than S. Kennedy. Shoot, there's three S. Kennedys in my house. So they're they're a little bit harder to uh, to find. Um, oh, here we go. This is what you said. Uh, out of your Falcon Mind podcast. I mentioned we're going to be on tomorrow night. So good to see you. He says, morning, Scott. Don't worry, buddy. We're three plays away from 10, 10 wins last year with you-know-who at QB. Fans have a really bad habit of remembering the play that just that they could have made and not the one that almost went against them. So those things kind of even out. It's like, oh, if these three plays had happened, yeah, but what happens if that they dropped a sure interception or, you know, there's – they had him in the grasp and let him go, you know, for a sack that would have ended that drive. All those things go both ways. That's that's our own little biases. Um, but that that said, 
I think on paper last year looks like a tougher schedule and the Falcons still went seven and 10. And there's no doubt in my mind that this is a better, more talented team. Let's see how it goes, uh, goes together. Uh, Big Ant, good morning. He says, good morning, Scott and everyone in the chat. Good morning to you as well. Gary Leeds Palmer. Look at Gary coming and helping to keep the lights on, keep my forehead nice and shiny uh, with a super chat. Thank you, Gary. He says, good morning, Scott, and good morning to you as well. Uh, D Sloan has a great question. Good morning, D. Says, who's your offensive and defensive player to watch throughout training camp? That's a that's a great question, D. Um, there's so many new players out there that oh man, it's that's a great question. I'll try it, I'll try and come up with a couple answers. One for me on offense, Kyle Pitts. Um, Desmond Ritter is an obvious answer. You know, how does he look? But if if you heard um Arthur Smith said publicly what I've been preaching for years and years and years, which is if I want the offense to look good, I can make it look good. If I want him to throw 75% completions, I can get him to throw 75% completions. I'll won't let him blitz. I'll back off of the, 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 the defense. I'll do all those type of things. So when you're watching internal games, you have to wonder, you know, is this one really good or are they just going against someone really bad? So I, I try not to take too much away from training camp in that. What I can get in that case is how healthy is, how well is Kyle Pitts moving? That That's what I want to see. Does he look fluid? Does he look 100%? How much action is he getting early? So Kyle Pitts is probably the answer for me. Um, once the game starts, uh, week one, Obviously, Desmond Ritter, <clears throat> and then don't we all want to see Bijan Robinson? You know, I, I think I think we all want to get a pretty good idea of what, what Bijan's going to mean to this team. Defense. How about Jeff Akuda? Um, I feel pretty good about Jesse Bates coming in. Jeff Akuda's got a lot to play for for this team. He he's got a chance to do what Caleb McGarry did last year. He did not have his fifth year option picked up, had a tremendous season, and got an eight figure contract from the Falcons. Jeff Akuda has that chance this year. Former number three. Hit and miss, mostly miss in Detroit. Comes down to the Falcons on a song. The Lions are even picking up part of his contract, for goodness sake. So it was a low-risk, high-reward move. If he can play well, he can turn. He he could really be a breakout player for the Falcons and really make himself a lot of money this year. And we're here for that. We're, we're rooting for him to have that type of season for the Falcons. Arnold Ibiketti, um, you know, can he take that next step as an edge rusher? That's what the Falcons really need. I want to see, I want to see once the games come on, I want to see Caleb Ellis or Caden Ellis. I'm sorry, Caden Ellis and how they're going to use him and see what kind of pressure he can, he can put on the team, uh, on the opposing offenses. So lots of guys. Um, I'll keep an eye on the, that left guard position. You know, how does Matthew Bergeron and Hennessy, where do they shake around a little bit? Lots of things. I will be at camp on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this week. So great question. Appreciate you here. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Jason B says 12 personnel motioning pits out wide or to the slot is going to be hard to beat. London's about the same size. I mean, he's he does he's probably got 20 pounds less, but London is what six five. Uh, whenever they Pitts is always listed an inch or two taller, but whenever they're on the field together, I swear they look the same height. Um, you know, the twin towers out there that you can almost run, you know, in a passing situation, you could drop both of those guys in tight to block against a dime defense. So there's going to be a lot of fun things to do with this Falcons offense for sure. And I'm looking forward to it. Kevin comes in. He says, I know Bud Dupree had his hand, uh, his his ups and downs, but I'm hoping he can help the younger guys and Campbell also. I saw Bud Dupree as like a biggest bust list on, on the Atlanta Falcons. I'm like, you know, they're, and it's like, oh, you know, they're, the Falcons are thinking they're getting the Pittsburgh Steelers version, but they're maybe getting the Titans version. No, no, no. The Titans thought they were getting the Pittsburgh Steelers version. That's why they signed him to $30 million. The Falcons signed him to $3 million. On a one-year deal, if you can get as long as he's a significant upgrade over Adeogundeji, you're getting what you need out of Bud Dupree. So I'm hoping he can too. And Calais Campbell might be my favorite off-season addition. I've mentioned that before, Kevin. We can get into that uh, another time <laughs> if we want to. Um, let me see here. Okay. Yeah, and talking about the the towers out there. Mac Hollins is like six foot five too. Yeah, there's some big guys out there. And then you got Scotty Miller and Kadero Hodge, who who are your slot type guys. But also, don't forget, Bijan Robinson can be dropped down into the slot, and he will be dropped into the slot also. Who will bring that type of quickness, change of direction, and good luck t tackling him in the open field if you're able to get him in the slot. Let me see here. Um. So next thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was that 53-man roster projection <clears throat> projections that we'll be looking at. Um, taking a look at the wide receiver, Michael Rossi, and I'm going to kind of riff off of his. He, he put this together too. Uh, he says wide receivers are pretty well set, except with Josh Ali taking a spot of Frank Darby. He does not have Frank Darby. He didn't even mention Frank Darby on the 53. He was one of the first. He was in the first draft class for Terry Fontenot. Um, otherwise, London, Hodge, uh, Mac Hollins, Scotty Miller, and Josh Ali is the five. However, he does have four running backs on there, and I don't think the Falcons take four running backs. They never played. Hell, they only rostered two running backs in the first week last year. Remember, it was Cordero Patterson and Damian Williams. Damian Williams lasted one carry, and then it was just Cordero Patterson. I don't think they carry four running backs on the on the 53 unless one of those guys is a punt returner. Uh, it, it ends up being a, a specialist on there. Otherwise, it's Tyler Algier, Bijan Robinson, Cordero Patterson. Those are your three running backs on game day. Uh, and I know you can you can leave guys inactive, but with Caleb Huntley, even if he's healthy, I think he ends up being a practice. You end up waving him because you got to wave a guy to resign him to the practice squad. I don't think they carry four running backs on the 53. 
That would leave an extra spot at wide receiver because he only has five with London, Hodge, Holland, Scotty Miller, and Josh Ali. Um, but then you've got uh, Penny Hart and Kalen Harris as punt returner possibilities. So that's that's something to watch. Where is your punt returner going to come from? With Avery Williams out, he was an emergency running back towards the end of the season, but he was a starting punt returner. So I think you have three running backs. You've got five wide receivers. The punt returner will go on one of those spots. If it's probably going to be a wide receiver, you end up carrying six wide receivers. That's how I see that. I don't, I don't see any way you take four running backs for this team. You practice squad a guy, and then you flex him if you need to. Um, they didn't do it last year, and they've got Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier this year. They didn't have that kind of depth last year. So that's uh, that's the way I see that one. Um, tight end's pretty simple. Kyle Pitts, Johnny Smith, Parker Hesse, and John Fitzpatrick. Um, nothing too crazy there. Offensive line, if they carry nine on the 53, and then you usually roster eight on game days, You've got uh, six that are pretty pretty well set in stone. Jake Matthews, left tackle. Uh, left guard then becomes Matthew Hennessy or Matthew Bergeron. Those are uh, those are your left guard. So that's three. Center, Drew Dahlman. Uh, right guard, Chris Lindstrom. Caleb McGarry at six. I was interested to see that Michael Rothstein did include Jalen Mayfield on the 53. And then Ethan Greenridge and Javon Gwynn. Also keep an eye out for Justin Schaefer. Or Tyler Vrabel. Um, they say, you know, he puts in his write-up that Jalen Mayfield offers guard tackle flexibility. How so? You know, how, how is it, it? And again, I guess that's to answer one of the earlier questions. That's someone I'm going to be watching at Cam too. I want to keep an eye on Jalen Mayfield because the flexibility that he offered was he wasn't good enough at either position. He was the worst lineman in football, his rookie season missed all of last year and got moved to guard because he wasn't good enough to tackle. That's not a guy that offers you positional flexibility, except that he's not good enough for either one of them. That's in that case, he offers you center flexibility too. So I don't think I have, I have a little trouble seeing Jalen Mayfield as it stands now making this roster that said, Maybe he got healthy in a red shirt year, made a lot of improvements. He was a third round pick with some potential. So we will see how that one, how that one shapes up. Uh, Brennan comes in talking about the offensive line. He says, I think Drew Dahlman could have a breakout year. Probably through week, I guess it was probably 11 because for me, his breakout game, Brennan was against the Chicago Bears. He was a liability up until that point. And then from the Bears game, he dominated that Bears game. From then on, I'm like, hey, we're good. The Falcons are good in this spot. Bring in some competition. You know, oh, you always want competition. But now I don't feel like the, the center position is a must-make-a-move for next season type of, 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 of player. Can he build on that? You know, Brennan says, I think he could have a breakout year. I, he was on his way towards the end of last year. So I think that could be a, a good shout because – First two-thirds of the season, I thought he was a liability. Back third of the season, I thought he was a, a plus for the Atlanta Falcons. The defensive line, the Falcons have brought in a bunch of defensive linemen. <clears throat> um, not too much there that is going to be you know questionable. You know, th- th- for me, the the 
one of the biggest battles is how quickly can Taquan Graham get back on the field? And not just will he be healthy, but how much, how can he force himself into a good rotation? He, I think depending on how you line up, he can play some tackle or he can play a, a, a jumbo end. That's going to offer some versatility. So could, in that case, how big is Calais Campbell? He could spell Calais Campbell. He could come in and he can get some reps for Grady Jarrett, for David Onyemata. So if he's healthy, I think he becomes a very versatile weapon out there. Uh, otherwise, you know, you got Timmy Horn, uh, Henningsen out there. So it's not, uh, you know, not too, too many questions there. At linebacker, um, you got Troy Anderson, Caden Ellis, Michael Walker, and Nate Landman is, is who Michael uh, Rossian projects. And, you know, we've kind of just penciled in Troy Anderson and Caden Ellis as stars, but watch out for Michael Walker. I think we're going to see him a lot on the field. He's good in coverage. You need some of that, you know. Um, defensive backs, cornerbacks, A.J. Terrell, Jeff Akuda, D. Alford, Mike Hughes, Clark Phillips, and Trey Flowers. Man, how improved is that cornerback room? I mean, honestly, even if you're like, well, you know, Jeff Okuda isn't any good. Still, you know, again, I look back to the Falcons winning seven games with Fabian Moreau and Eric Harris at, at safety and cornerback. Come on. <laughs> Ade Ogundeji is a rookie and, and Taquan Graham is rookie starting 11 or 12 games. Um, you know, the, the the there's just so much more talent there. I think I don't think it's a big question about who makes the team. I think it becomes a big question on who's playing, who's going to be earning playing time. You know, we've we've kind of penciled in Jeff Okuda as the starter opposite AJ Terrell, but don't forget D. Alford, Mike Hughes, Clark Phillips. All those guys can push for playing time. And speaking of upgrades, again, what was 2021? Was it Deron Harris? Eric Harris and Deron Harmon were the were the starters at safety, I believe. Now it's Jesse Bates, Richie Grant, last year's starter Jalen Hawkins, and then rookie DeMarco Hellams, who I think had over 100 tackles for Alabama last year. So much better. So much better. Um, yes, and Trey Flowers was one of those guys, too, that was mentioned as making the 53. So the cornerback room is so much better. The defense is so much better. When I think of reason for optimism going into 2023 to, to talk about that, that article, there's one of them that's on all Falcons where Bleach reports they mentioned um, Desmond Ritter. Uh, the defense, man. I mean, I, I've, I've used the joke a zillion times, y'all. But again, they were Terry Fontenot had to shop with no cap money, and they were so they had draft picks, but they're pouring their draft picks into young offensive weapons, uh, cost controlled because those guys get really expensive. They they had to use the waiver wires to take the scrap heap. The, off the scrap pile of the Tennessee Titans and Chicago Bears, guys they knew. You know, their big ticket free agents are, you know, Lorenzo Carter. Um, you know, uh, let's see, Casey Hayward. You know, Casey played well until he got hurt last year. But now, you know, you just look at the depth on this defense and Ryan Nielsen can turn this into a pretty solid unit. And then if the Falcons take the next step from top 15 to a top 10 offense, you're talking playoffs. You know, with with for me, without a doubt. Uh, let me hit a couple of the the um, chats, and then I want to go into the prediction real quick. I'll we'll pump the brakes on the excitement just a little bit. Um, you know, and Jason asks, is, is Mayfield worth it at this point? Should just cut our losses. He's he's cheap, man. Uh, that's the thing is, if he is any good, he's still cheap. Won't you know? You you still have him under contract for. 
two more seasons on a rookie deal on a third year contract. So he he's still cheap. So uh, if he's taken up a spot and can't play, and that's the thing about offensive linemen, they don't play special teams either. So if, if they can't play, they can't play. You can't go find a spot for him. Who was it last year? Uh, came over from the Denver Broncos. And I was like, this guy's terrible. Why are they signing a corner? And he ended up being a special teams demon at Gunner. He was spectacular. Cornerback, special teams guy. Somebody help me out in the chat here. I, I can't remember. And, they, and he ended up signing somewhere else this year, but was really, really good. That doesn't happen with the big guys. You know, if, if they can't play, then they're basically just taking up a spot. So we'll we'll see how he goes. Uh, Roderick says Richie Grant needs the breakout year. Yes, he does to justify his high pick. He does uh, a second round pick on a safety. <clears throat> and he was an older guy also. Uh, I think he's probably 26. You know, I, I mentioned him and Kyle Pitts were in the same class. Kyle Pitts is 22. I think I think uh, Richie's probably 26 years old. He was a six one of those six-year guys, I believe, coming out of college. So he needs uh, he needs to live up to that, and hopefully this is a year for him. I thought he improved a lot <clears throat> last year. Uh, Rashawn says, D. Alford played really well last year, in my opinion. Yes, and isn't that nice that he's not listed necessarily as a starter, but he had his moments last year and played some really well. The depth in this team, guys that were starters are now backups. That's a good thing. Maybe not for them. Maybe not for them, but for this team, you know, and they're, you know, luckily, you know, they they still are getting the same contract, so they're still getting paid the same. They might not be have the same role, that but that's the game, man. You know that's 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 football. You know, your my job as a general manager is to replace you. Always, I need somebody better. I need somebody cheaper. That's what I'm doing every day of the week. Your job is to make that I can't find anybody that is better and and more affordable. That's that's your job. Um, but yes, he did play. He did play well last year. Uh, and Jerome coming back in, it's a lot of Trey Flowers love in here. He says, I think the X factor is Trey Flowers. He's going to help take away the tight end to free up others to do other roles. I can see Grant being a rover, a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson type role. I loved Richie Grant at the Senior Bowl. He was great in one-on-one -on -one coverage in the slot and doing those type of things. Um, now it's a, new, a little bit of a new system. I'm sure Ryan Nielsen will incorporate some of the things that worked well for the Falcons. Um, you know, I know that's could be a contradiction in terms knowing their overall defense, but Dean Peace did a good job with what he had. Uh, I'll go to my grave saying that. So Grant might be the guy that helps take away the tight end as well, but it'll be nice again to have some of that versatility in there. Um, maybe I throw Troy Anderson on, you know, match him up with the tight end. He's a four, four linebacker athlete extraordinaire. I was just watching my son just started playing football this year. He gave up gave up soccer and going to football. So I'm 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 running him through the football movies. We watched uh Remember the Titans on on Saturday afternoon. And you know, when Petey comes in on linebacker, he said, I don't know the defense. I don't you don't need to know the plays. You just take 23 out of the game. Maybe, you know, Troy Anderson could be that guy. He's, I'm not that comfortable in the in the scheme. I don't need you to know the scheme. Just just go cover that tight end. Take him out of the game. He's got that type of athleticism. It's nice. There's guys like that all over the field now for the Falcons defense. And yes, Joe, we're speaking of Mike Ford, the guy who came over from uh, the Denver Broncos as a corner, couldn't cover anything. Well, he could cover punts. He could cover kickoffs. That's what he could damn sure cover. So um, he was really good. So Richie Grant is 24 here. Let me just look at it real quick. Um, I can look it up, but I think I thought he was one of those six-year guys. 
and he will turn 26 in November. So he's 25. This is his age 26 season uh, for Richie Grant. So yeah, he wasn't one of those young guys. He'll be 26 in November. I think uh, he was a six-year guy at uh, you know with the COVID years at um, at UCF. Um, let me see here. Keith, Keith comes in. He says NFL network on Sirius ranked the Falcons near the bottom in their training camp rankings, pointing to the Falcons optimism and Ritter when many think they should have drafted a quarterback. Uh, Keith, it's, it's tired a little bit, you know, um, and that's fine. And I don't mind that. It's like, listen, we don't think the Falcons are going to be good in 2023 because Desmond Ritter. Okay, fine. You know, that doesn't need to change until Desmond Ritter goes out and changes it. What's really starting to just annoy me, though, is you take last year's results and then use that as a template for everything else that has been going on. Who, where's our, where's our coach's ranking? Well, the Falcons had the eighth worst record. Where did he come in? Plus or minus one on the eighth worst, Arthur Smith. Um, and the one that really got me was the futures ranking. The, the Falcons were like 26th or 27th again, which is where they finished last year, which is where they're projected this year and their futures ranking. Did I, did I just get done saying that the Falcons have Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London all at 22 years or younger? Um, you've got a, you know, you've got seven wins with a coaching staff. You know, that these are the same guys that some of them ranked Arthur Smith higher. You've got a coaching staff that you think overachieved with seven wins each. You've got a deep-pocketed owner who's not afraid to spend plenty of money to build a team when he's got it, and the Falcons have it now. But the future rankings for this team is still 28, 29. Come on. It's just – it's lazy. And I, I actually in, – in, when I put that out there, I said that this is on social. Um, Dave Holcomb wrote the article, but I put the social out there. I'm like, this is – it's just lazy. So those are my thoughts. Um Training camp rankings, preseason, Keith, if the Falcon, there's there's really no reason. If you thought the Falcons coming out of the draft were 27th, 28th, then there's there's there hasn't been a whole lot of reason to change that. I'm okay with that. Uh, it's up for them to move it up. But when you start talking about future rankings, well, they don't have a well, – how long does it take to get a quarterback? You know, it, they should have drafted one this year. They could have. They could have drafted one this year. Will Levis was available. They could have drafted Will Levis, but he fell to the second – could have drafted guys higher last year. If they had drafted Desmond Ritter in the first last year instead of the third, what would the narrative be? You know, it it's the uh, the people. I swear to God, they 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 fall in love with the narrative and then they don't do any real homework afterwards. It gets it's 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 lazy. It's it's lazy, and that's that's part of the problem of trying to cover thirty two teams. You don't really know what else is going on, and I, I've started to pay attention to those that are saying, "Hey." Ritter might fall flat on his face, but the rest of this Falcons team looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, and let me, the last thing I wanted to do here before we got going was uh, was go through the Falcon schedule. And, you know, let's see some of the naysayers out there, you know, with the over-under on when, what would we say? It was eight and a half. I can see that, actually. Um, if Desmond Ritter ends up being just a, a lower third quarterback if he doesn't even quite reach average in his first year. Uh, let's go through the season. If we go week one and two, Carolina Panthers at home, Green Bay Packers at home. Um, Panthers rookie quarterback, new coach, new system on the home. At, you know that's a home game. 
Falcons win one and zero. Green Bay Packers. How many how many questions are there about Jordan Love out there? They were an eight and nine team last year with a back to back MVP as their quarterback uh, and Aaron Rodgers. They didn't get better as far as I'm concerned. They did not improve this year. Home game, that's a win. So I'm going two and zero now. I'm going to hedge on the negative side of things here. Week three and week four is at Detroit Lions, an improving Lions team, and at Jacksonville Jaguars, an improving Jacksonville team that made the playoffs last year who are getting better and better. You lose both of those, you're two and two, two road games. Come back home, week five, uh, Houston Texans. Houston Texans. (sighs) It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just don't see them making much improvement in this year. You know, the improvement for them, a, a bit, a triple their wins and they get, you know, five wins at home, win that game three and two. Washington Commanders on October 15th, win that game four and two. At Tampa Bay, winning on the road in the division is never easy, depending, no matter what you think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We call that one a loss. You're four and three. All these are going to be tight games, y'all. So I'm just saying, let's, Let's play this on the negative side of things. Four and three at Tennessee Titans, the perennially underranked Tennessee Titans on the road, four and four. Minnesota Vikings at home, Arizona Cardinals at home, away. Week nine, you'd like to come out of this two and oh, four and four now. Um, win both home game, win the home game, and then go on the road and beat the Cardinals who are tanking for Caleb. Uh, you're six and four. That takes you into the bye week after week 10 at six and four. New Orleans Saints at home. Uh, I like your chances. Uh, seven and four at the New York Jets, which is a road game on, on uh, December 3rd. You'll, you'll notice a pattern here. Take care of business at home, losing on the road. Seven and five. Tampa Bay at home, eight and five. At Carolina, they should have it going by then. Um, you won the first one, you get a split, you're talking eight and six, and then you've got the Carolina Indianapolis Colts at home, beat them. Uh, we should be favored in that game, nine and six last two games at bears at saints. Win one of those, you're 10 and seven, lose both of them. You're nine and eight Win both of them, you're 11 and six. So I think that one is, um, that's kind of how I'm looking on a, even just hedging my bets type. I, I still just have a hard time believing this team doesn't win at least seven games. I, I just cannot see it happen. Um, so I guess I'll probably stick with my prediction of 10 and seven right now. 
and I'm I'm kind of a cynic. I grew up in Atlanta, y'all. You know what the city has done to us uh, through the years. So that's where I am on uh, as far as a, a season prediction. Um, the the road games are going to be you know they're all, it's always tough to win on the road. That's taking care of business uh, at home, and you beat the the Cardinals on the road, and then you're taking care of business at home. The the last one is at New York. So what did I have us? The Falcons. Um, and then there's a, in there, a what's the London game in there? I forgot about that one. So is that one considered a home game or a road game? It's probably Jacksonville and that's probably at London, Jacksonville at London on the first, that's going to be a tough game. Uh, that's, that's going to be a tough game, but I, I penciled that one in as a, as a loss. So before we get out of here, let me hit the uh, hit the chat real quick, and then we'll we'll take off and call it a Monday for everybody. Um, and Jason says, just think if we sign Lamar, our team would not be close to what it is. Um, if the Falcons had signed Lamar Jackson, you're giving up <clears throat> Bijan Robinson, you're giving up next year's first round draft pick, and you still have a Swiss cheese defense. You may not have been able to extend uh, re-sign Caleb McGarry. You're may not have been able to extend Chris Lindstrom and you weren't able to put much money into your defense at all. But you know what, what's interesting, Jason is the, the national narrative would have been that this is a better team. They got their quarterback. No, this, this team wasn't a Lamar Jackson away from winning. When the LA Rams went out and overspent for Matthew Stafford, they had a good team already. Falcons did not. The Falcons did not have a good team. They had pieces of an offense and then they had very, very little on defense. They have spent on defense. That's what, they took the Lamar Jackson money and bought a defense instead. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Mactown Dirty, appreciate you coming in. He says, what's up, Scott? What's up with you, man? How you doing? Um, Jason's heading to the, uh, the Carolina game. Uh, Garner Cigar Brand says, Ritter is a really smart QB with some athleticism. Some is underselling him. Uh, he was the fastest... Uh, quarterback at the combine that year. I think he ran off in the low four fives. He was a four, five, three, four, five, two, somewhere in there. He's, he's quick. So even if he's not shifty, how many times do we see if you're in man coverage and the ends lose containment and open up all that space in front of you, he can take, you know, in, in five steps, he's picked up 20 yards. He's picking up first downs by running a straight line in a hurry. He'll also be able to help that RPO because you have to you have to account for the quarterback in an RPO because again he doesn't have to make a guy miss or break a bunch of tackles but if he's got an opening he's quick and he can pick up ten yards in a flash so it's going to be um, going to be it's he's he's going to be a weapon um, offense will be good enough to put up points but our defense will be top ten uh, the offense was good enough to put up points last year. They were top 15. And if you can get them into the top 10 and the defense into the top 15, I think that is more likely we will see. Kyle Pitts is going to have a breakout season for sure. Um, I think he already had a breakout season. I'm ready for his bounce back here, though. His rookie season, he he let the world know who he was. So let's see. Um, let's see if he is able to come back. Rusty Moore Jr. says, I just joined, but is it safe to call uh, week one game against Carolina must win. Can't see losing to a brand new coach and a rookie quarter quarterback. No, no week one is is uh, a must win. There's too much that can change week to week. You can take the games in like three or four game pockets. 
and you could go zero and two and and get it together. You know, Ritter, he you know he has some growing pains in his first couple of games, so no, not a must win. Should win, should win, um, but you'll start hearing some of the doubts if they don't win that game, and and if if Ritter doesn't play well, there'll be some there'll be some noise. Uh, there'll be some noise for sure. Um, and Chris, Chris is pretty optimistic. He says 10 to 14 wins, depending on how the team plays and develops during the season. And again, that's, uh, that's for sure. The, 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 the floor and the ceiling for me on this is, is around Desmond Ritter. Um, for sure. Um, the home game, Jason Heller, that's a home game for the Jags. They've played there five years in a row. Yeah, they're, you know, the, the the Detroit Lions get the Thanksgiving Day game because when the NFL said we want to play a game on Thanksgiving, the Detroit Lions said, well, we'll do it. No one wanted to do it. Detroit stepped up and said, we'll do it. They've stunk for years and people say, why do we always have to see Detroit? That's why. Jacksonville is basically trying to make London a Jacksonville hub. It's so Thanksgiving Day is Detroit Lions. London is Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, that, so they'll be in London every year and it's a home game for them. It is. So I was there last year, Jason, I went over when the Broncos played there and it was a home game for the Jaguars. Didn't help them. Uh, it was one of the few games the Broncos actually won. Um, let's see here. Brad Clark says Heineke is the best quarterback in the NFL, backup quarterback in the NFL. If Ritter needs a week or two of rest or just a reset. Um, if, if Heineke comes in, We'll see. If Heineke comes in because Ritter is not performing, I think the Falcons will be in the quarterback market in 2024 in a big way. In a in a big way. Um, Brennan says, this is a young way coup appreciation comment. I will drink to that. Uh, and Michael Lewitsky, uh, I'm speaking of drinking to that. Michael sent me a care package from Puerto Rico. Thank you, sir. And I'm drinking the the Puerto Rican dark. I was hoping you'd be in here. I hadn't hadn't seen you since you're in here. So I'm, I'm finishing up the Puerto Rican dark right now that you sent me. So thank you, sir. It was uh, well thought of. So on that note, uh, I think we're going to get out of here. We will be back on Wednesday. We'll see what kind of comes out of the uh, rookie mini camp for the next couple of days before the veterans report. And then, like I said, I will be at camp on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We probably do maybe a Wednesday afternoon podcast. If you're interested, just to get some camp impressions. Um, Comment and like, do all those type of things. Go to Falcons Podcast on iTunes and, and give us a review. That helps big time. Um, and then just a little programming reminder, I will be on the Out of Your Falcon Mind, Fal- Your Falcon Mind podcast. I will be on that tomorrow evening at 7.30. So make sure you're following me on Twitter X, uh, at Scout Kennedy, so you don't miss anything. Leave a comment, y'all. If you're watching this after the fact, I know we probably got 10x the views last week um after the fact so leave me a comment i'll hop in and uh and those of you that that were watching for the first time i certainly appreciate it say hello on that note we will see you on wednesday i will be back at 9 a.m live as we get one step closer to camp thanks for being here everybody have a good week see y'all later